Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. to a solo podcast. I know it's weird just to hear my voice and only my voice, but god damn it, I'm going to keep this sweet. I'm going to keep it petite and I'm going to keep it noise. I'm sitting here on the precipice to the draft on Saturday, the weekend of before, and I'm fucking excited. I am ready for this. I'm ready to be sad, to cry, to triumph, to be happy. And best part of all is I don't really fucking care where these guys go because I don't know. I, this is one of the most weird slash fun drafts I've had in a while because I haven't touched my rookie ranks and readjusted them in close to 10 to 15 days now, which is pretty difficult to do given all this smoke and shit. But the matter of the fact is there's no reason to readjust. We've had two and a half, three months already to grind these pre-draft numbers. And now we're just going to wait for the NFL to tell us who's good, who is bad and which players we're going to take shots on in the later rounds. And there's nothing sweeter, there's nothing better, and there's nothing more refreshing to see. So what I want to do with this draft is I want to break down rookie mock ADP that I've been compiling, and I want to talk about my rookie ranks before we go pre-draft, because I think it's important to be transparent, and I also think it's important that I just tell you guys how it is, right? So I'm just going to start off, and I'm going to go... Pick by pick, the top 24, although I got like 30 guys in these rookie mock drafts. But first, I grab myself some coffee. Yeah, I slurped that shit. Fuck you if you got a problem with it. Man, I'm in an angry mood today. It's going to be fun. So listen, I, I took 32 mock drafts. And the 32nd mock draft was so goddamn dumb. I said, I'm not doing anymore because people are tilting like a motherfucker. Someone took Christian Watson pick eight, and I said, that is enough! Rashad White went pick 24, and I said, okay, I'm done! No more pre-draft mock drafts. But listen, what I wanted to do with this is to kind of gauge the amount of movement we have from pre-draft to post-draft, just to show that, 
a lot of this shit is very dependent on the NFL draft and really fluid, which, I mean, we all know. But also, to be completely honest with you, I wanted some content because there's this is a dead zone. And so I thought, what the hell, make this work. So it's a Superflex PPR 12-team tight end premium drafts. The first pick overall, 105 average, is Brees Hall, which means Brees Hall went first in all but one rock draft. Two all but three mock drafts out of 32, first overall. Second overall was Malik Willis with an average of 2.67. Malik has dropped a low of six and a high of one. Next up is Kenneth Walker, 3.33 pick average. I think Kenneth Walker, if you listen to my podcast with Jake where he talks about analytics, he said that I need to reevaluate my opinion on the wide receivers in relation to Kenneth Walker. And I have reevaluated and I think that I am now on team... After Traylon Burks, I want to go Kenneth Walker and then Jamison Williams. And so for me, Kenneth Walker at 3.3 is just too high. And I understand running back scarcity, all those good things, injuries, it propels these running backs up. But I don't think I can get bought into Kenneth Walker pre-draft at 3.3. Next up, wide receiver one is Traylon Burks at 4.67. Garrett Wilson at 4.71 and Drake London at 6.10. Or excuse me, 5.10. Those guys interchanged every single time in every single draft. Garrett Wilson had a low of eight. Garrett Wilson had a high of three. Traylon Burks had a low of nine, I believe, and a high of two. Drake London had a high of two and a low of seven or eight, I believe. So they're all kind of in that range. And you're that's just that is your range. So if you have a superflex pick, pick four to seven, you're going to get one of those guys more likely than not. So be happy. That's a great place to be. Up next is Jamison Williams with an average of 8.19. Chris Olave at 9.10. Isaiah Spiller at 9.67. Kenny Pickett at 10.10. George Pickens at 11.38. And Matt Corral at 12.62. A couple surprising things here. I think where Isaiah Spiller is currently valued is proper. 9.67 right, right after Chris Olave. I think that makes sense. You could probably make a case for above Chris Olave. That's going to have to be made post-draft. Kenny Pickett sneaking in the top 12. And Matt Corral is surprising. I understand it's a super flex. I imagine more quarterbacks will sneak in after the after we get done on Thursday in the NFL draft. I just, I just have a really hard time buying into these guys that just don't have a lot to show. There's a tremendous amount of questions on every single quarterback in this class. And that's just not really a recipe for excellence. At the end of the at the at the beginning of the second round, Desmond Ritter at 13.86 average. That's a fantastic value. I'd be very happy with that. That's kind of like Jalen Hurts back in 20, was that 19, 2020, 2019, I think, in that draft. Christian Watson comes in at 14.95. And this one just I don't I don't know what to say anymore. If you take out Christian Watson's combine performance, you have nothing to fucking stand on. You have a guy that looked good at the Senior Bowl who is a late declare from an FCS school who's had bad production at an FCS school. And so all of a sudden, just because he ran a 4-4 or 4-4-3 is 6-4 and 208 pounds, that he's going to be this elite high ceiling guy. Like, how many times do we need to get fucking burnt on these workout warriors at the Combine Till we learn our goddamn lesson. Like, I, I don't know what the fucking say. Like, this is ridiculous. 
I, th- I truly believe that even if Christian Watson goes first round, let's just put him in the best case scenario, to Green Bay. Even if he goes, pick 22 or 28 to Green Bay. I, I wouldn't take him here. I, I, I just wouldn't. I'm not going to bet on these first round guys that have shit production that are fourth year seniors. We learned this fucking lesson last year with Kadarius Tony. Like the same goddamn thing. They're obviously different, different stylistic and, and production. Everything's different. But like old guys that get propped up in the first round that all of a sudden everyone's in a frenzy about. Big pass. After Christian Watson is Sky Moore at 15-4-8. That's a fantastic value. I'd be very excited to get Sky Moore there. He's someone I'm growing increasingly more and more excited about. Even more so when he gets drafted in the first round. I think it's a very high possibility. Jahan Dotson, 15.86 average. I think he is going to be a Chief or a Green Bay Packer and get overdrafted, which is too bad because at this position here, there is some real upside for having such a nice floor at that position. Sam Howell comes in at 16.81. This is probably my favorite selection of quarterbacks. I'm a big Sam Howell fan, but I also really am not expecting much from him. I just, I'm not. But I mean, it's really hard to pass up a quarterback at that position there. He's shown the ability to run. He's shown that he can be a average, if not above average, game manager in the NFL. I think you're very likely to be happy with taking Sam Howell in that position there if he goes to the right spot, especially if he finds the first round. I'm sort of thinking he's an early second round pick. Hello, Seattle. Hello, Carolina. Maybe if Carolina passes on pick six. 17.38 average is Rashad White. He... Over time, as we've gotten closer to the draft, has fallen further and further away from the first round. We started with him going pick 10, then he drops to like pick 14, then to pick 16, then pick 18, then pick 20, and you see the fucking progression. I don't really know what's going on there. It doesn't make sense. I think people are starting to believe the smoke that Rashad White isn't going to get day two draft capital. And if he doesn't, then you you have to drop him. But even if he gets like Michael Carter-esque, Draft capital, early fourth round, mid fourth round. It'd be hard not to take Rashad White there, depending on where the other running backs fall. David Bell at 18 4 3. This is ridiculous. David Bell has a fantastic production, but he is one of those guys, much like Wandale Robinson, that we'll talk about a little later, who you just have to wait to see what the NFL says. If the NFL is going to spend day two draft capital on David Bell and Wandale Robinson, you need to raise them in your rankings because the NFL is telling you, hey, I don't really give a shit that David Bell ran a 4-7-3. I don't give a shit that Wandale Robinson's 5-8. They're good players. I want them on my team. And you have to correct for that. You need to course correct. But until then, I think that's a fine spot for David Bell. Trey McBride at 19.52, possibly one of the steals of the draft in a tight end premium draft. I know he's not sexy. I know he doesn't have that elite upside, but he is going to be a solid fucking contributor I really want him to go to a team where he's not going to be that tight end to main prep, that main blocking role. That's the only thing that would really kill his value. Zamir White's right behind Trey McBride at 21.67 average. I can't imagine that's going to stick after the draft, but that's where he is. I've been loving that draft position, quite frankly. James Cook at 22.05. You want to talk about a really good pass catcher. If you don't like Rashad White, you should probably like James Cook because he's like the arbitrage uh, Rashad White. He's basically what Rashad White would be if Rashad White wasn't 214 pounds and pay, played all what, four years, I think, for James Cook. After James Cook with Justin Ross at 22.06, Justin Ross is surprising to me. I'll be honest. I didn't expect him to be a second-round pick. I thought that he'd probably be a third-round pick just given the fact that 
he had that really big freshman year, didn't do much his sophomore year, had the injury concerns, came to the combine, didn't really blow anyone away. But I mean, hey, we're at the point where we're taking flyers. I totally get it. Up next is Kyron Williams, 22.95. I don't think anyone intentionally meant to draft Kyron Williams. I mean, I'm sure there was some in the 32 picks, but Sleeper had his ADP so high that when people were autoed, that Kyron would go drafted. And so I think his ADP here is inflated simply because of Sleeper having him ranked so highly. After Kyman Williams is going to be Brian Robinson Jr. There's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of issues around Brian Robinson. People are thinking he's a trap. For me, he had a very impressive fifth year, and I recognize it's his fifth year, and I'm not trying to overweight that, but I do believe that his helmet and how nice of a year he had is going to get him day two draft capital. And when it does, and you look at his overall profile, especially athletically, you realize that he's going to be able to give you a couple of seasons of like maybe mid to low end running back to production on your fantasy team. And honestly, at, tw- at pick 23, there's literally nothing more you could ask. Now we're going to get to the guys that have kind of been sprinkled in the second round, but not really consistently there. We had Carson Strong at pick 24, John Mechie picked 24.252, Damian Pierce, he had a high of 12, which was out of this world, but hey, someone had a running back too and they took him. Wandale Robinson picked 24.76, Alec Pierce, Jalen Tolbert, Jalen Wattemeyer, Khalil Shakir, Pierre Strong Jr., Tyler Algier, and Jelani Woods. All of those names drafted could very easily be bumped into the second round ADP, excluding Jalen Wattemeyer, simply with a really good draft capital. I mean, this class is, it's, this entire draft is so unstable after pick eight, six, that there's going to be so much movement. I'm really excited. It's kind of what motivated me to do this ADP. It's because I'm just, I'm excited and, and curious how much movement there is. So that's the ADP. That's where we're at. So let me really quickly go over my rankings. For quarterback, I've got Malik Willis quarterback one. Konami code, like running matters for a floor. Don't really give a shit if he can't throw very well. If he's close enough to Jalen Hurts throwing wise, then he's going to be just fine. Desmond Ritter, quarterback two. I think he sneaks into, I think he sneaks in the first round. If he doesn't, he's going to follow my draft. But I think I just, there's something about his intangibles that I'm just really drawn to. I recognize he's not the most accurate. I know he's not the most flashy. He's definitely not going to be a high ceiling guy, but I do think it's likely that he could be sort of what Marcus Mariota could have been instead of what he was. Kenny Pickett at pick at quarterback three, you got to rank him high because he's going to go in the top 15 picks. I just, I'm not enthused about him. Another game manager is going to win games and probably do just fine as your quarterback two on your fantasy, on your fantasy squads. Matt Corral, quarterback four, I don't love this position for Corral. I really want to raise him more. My biggest concern is his ability to take his, his hits and his durability. He's got a slider frame, I think 208 to 210. And when he's running the ball, he isn't doing what Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson do. He is initiating contact. And while that's great and fun, every single time you are going to get blown the fuck up in the NFL. You were already showing durability concerns in college. So this was just even more concerning for me. So I dropped him a little bit due to those things. I do think he's a really good talent and I am excited to see where he goes. Sam Howell, I've just talked about Sam Howell, quarterback five. After after Sam Howell's Carson Strong, there's a reality, I suppose he could be quarterback six. I don't know, Caleb Ellaby as my quarterback seven and Bailey Zappi as my quarterback eight. Anybody after that, you could probably throw Skylar Thompson in as well. But these are just from my top 50 rankings with the Debbie dashboard. So... Moving on to running back. I'm just going to run through these as quickly as possible. Want to guess who my running back one is? Brees Hall, because I'm not a fucking idiot. If anyone doesn't have Brees Hall as a running back one, 
you should really be taking what they say very, very introspectively because that is a huge process flaw. Running back two is Kenneth Walker. Yes, he may not have that receiving upside, but he has. He is probably one of the best pure rushers in the class. Running back three is obviously going to be Isaiah Spiller because you can't knock three years of production in the SEC. Running back forward, Rashad White. I don't love this spot, but I do think he goes day day two. And if he goes day two, then it'd be ridiculous not to have him here. It's just he's he uh, he has that receiving upside, and he's very interesting. Running back five is going to be Jerome Ford. I haven't talked about Jerome Ford, but I'm really high on him. Two years in Cincinnati did really well. I understand that he's fourth-year senior. I understand that he wasn't able to get on the field very much with Jared Dokes, but he absolutely dominated. I love his whole entire production profile. I love him from athletic to receiving to rushing. I just think he brings a very underrated aspect to a team, and if he gets day two draft capital, he's going to be definitely staying here. Samir White as my running back six, right? Two, four, yep, running back six. Samir White doesn't catch passes, so I have to drop him down, but he is going to be drafted highly. He was shown to be athletic, and he was a very good runner. That's that. Brian Robinson, running back seven. I talked about that. Tyler Algier, running back eight. I think Tyler Algier is a really fun case study, right? Two years of production at BYU. Fourth, or he's a senior because he trans, trans converted from a linebacker to running back. He's fast. He's been, able to, he's been prolific. He's been able to catch patches, catch passes. I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Running back nine is Damian Pierce. I don't love this spot for him, but I feel like I can't rank him outside the top 10 just because he's a very good pass catcher. He he ran well at the Senior Bowl, and he's getting enough buzz where he's probably going to get a day two draft capital pick. And the fact that he's such a willing and able pass catcher, you kind of have to ha- expect him to be on the field in those third down passing roles, and that's going to get him production on the NFL field because he's going to be there. Tyler Goodson's my running back t- 10, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Running back 10, Tyler Goodson out of Iowa. There's not a lot not to love with this kid, excluding his weight. If he came in at 205, he would be much higher. But he didn't, so we have to drop him down because size is important. But Tyler Goodson's has the receiving chops, he has the re- rushing chops, and he was prolific at Iowa even when he was the entire offense. You can't knock him for that. I like him quite a bit. He's someone I've been rooting for since he came in, since he went to school at Iowa. Tyler Batty comes at 11. I hate where I have him here because I'm a big Batty fan, but again... He's, he, him and Tyler Goodson are so similar, right? Just the difference is that Tyler Batty didn't really have this big productive year until his senior year. And when he had it, it was fucking fantastic, but he didn't. Tyler Batty is an underrated pass catcher in this class, and I think he's very easily going to be guaranteed, not guaranteed, but easily walks in to a running, uh, uh, a receiving back role, bare minimum. James Cook, just like Batty, just less size. He's an explosive guy, right? We'll see what the NFL does on him. Kevin Harris is there. He's got the size. He's got the one-year production. He just he has all of those things you want. You're just worried about his injury concerns. So we have him as running. I got him as running back 13, I think. Keontae Ingram, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. Running back 14, Keontae Ingram. Rinse, wash, repeat. Has the size, has the production. Just didn't really grow in college. Did well at USC. I think he's a really fun sleeper to be paying attention to. Pierre Strong's at 15 because I don't know. If Pierre Strong went to a Power 5 school, he'd be a top four back, but he didn't. And so I just need to see where the NFL values him first. But I want to raise him up. I'm going to raise him up if he gets draft capital. I just want to see him drafted and where that is. Hassan Haskins is going to be the vulture of this class. 
Isaiah Pacheco has the size, has the speed, has no production, but has all of the upside you want to see in a late-round sleeper. Jerry and Ely is a pure receiving back. There is going to be a team that loves that for him. Kennedy Brooks sucks at receiving, but a fantastic running back. If he finds his way in Miami, hello, Malcolm Brown, 2.0, but much younger. Max Borgie. I don't know. Max Borgie had a ton of passes because Mike Leach liked to throw to the running back. Max Borgie's got size and speed, and he's got production. He's just, again, where's his draft capital? Zonovan Knight, eh. Sincere McCormick, baby, be faster. Tyler Chandler, you're fast, but meh. Abram Smith, you're slow, and you're old, and you had one good season. Eh. Kyron Williams. I don't know what to say here. Like, I'm really out on Kyron. If the NFL takes him to day two, then I'll reevaluate. I just, I, I don't think they will. And so that's where I ranked him. Joshua Corbin, big guy that's got flyer possibilities. Tyron Davis Price, big guy that's got flyer possibilities. CJ Verdell, sort of like a mini me to Max Borgie. I, he's just, he's there. I, he, he got a rank him. He's on a quarterback, um, running back 20, I think, something like that. Running back, or uh, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna run through the next little buns because we're running a little long, so I apologize. Wide receiver one, Drake London. I don't give a shit about his contested catches or his separation issues. Wide receiver two, Garrett Wilson. That floor is sexy and elite, and you gotta respect it. Traylon Burks, wide receiver three. Let's be honest, he has some concerns, but he also has immense upside. Wide receiver four, Jamison Williams. If you, if he ran the combine and was healthy. I think there's strong possibilities he could be up up above a couple of these guys, but he's not, and so I'm kind of taking him there. I just I like that spot for him right now. Chris Olave at five, that is the highest I can take him at this point because he's a fourth year senior and you're just your prospects of doing fantasy excellence is much less and George Pickens at six. I don't know what to tell you. Like Pickens had a really good year and then did fine afterwards. A good freshman year did fine afterwards. He's athletically nice, but he just kind of gives me some trap feelings here and there. Sky Moore at seven. I was telling you I was high on Sky Moore, and I am high on Sky Moore. I think Sky Moore is underrated. I think he has the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the production at Western Kentucky State. He's an early declare. The list is really, really kind to Sky Moore. David Bell at eight, two, four, six. David Bell at eight. Again, I don't know where to rank David Bell until the NFL tells me to rank David Bell. So I'm just keeping him at eight because I'm not going to drop him lower. Jahan Dotson at nine. Late declare. Jahan Dotson had nice seasons, but I just I can't rank him much higher than nine. Christian Watson at 10 because, let's be honest, everyone on the left doesn't have that ceiling that Christian Watson has. If Watson goes in the top round day two, he's going to go day two. You got to kind of keep him in the top 10 just because of the what if scenario that all of those bison dads with on their Twitter bios are talking about Christian Watson's upside and allure. Khalil Shakir, if you listen to Dallas and I talk about it, you know that Khalil Shakir is very kin to Sky Moore, just a fourth-year senior out of Boise State. That is an issue. There's a trend here. Early declares have a higher probability of hitting. Unfortunately, Khalil, Khalil Shakir is on early declare. We have to readjust. Wandale Robinson, after Khalil Shakir, wide receiver 12. I don't know, again, just I told you, I don't know. I don't know with Wandale Robinson. A prolific career. Looks fantastic. According to Jake Estes' model, he is in elite company with some of his, with a couple of his production metrics. But until I know his, where the NFL values him, I'm not going to value him much. John Mechie, 
he is a, he's a jag. I mean, most of these guys are just jags at this point. There's a couple upside guys. Let's be honest, mostly a jags. John Mechie's meh. It's whatever. I don't really give a shit about John Mechie. Torres ACL was never going to be this good guy. It's mostly giving all the hype because of his helmet. Don't fall into that trap. Jalen Tolbert is going to be a really good NFL prospect. I just don't know what he's going to be in a fantasy. Likely a guy that you will take a running back over in your rookie drafts. Justin Ross, wide receiver, 15, probably too low. But again, those medicals are big, and we're going to see how the NFL takes that. Calvin Austin, I mean, how do you not love Calvin Austin? Small little dude that's fast and sexy and has all the athleticism, but probably won't do anything. It's just fun to look at. Bell Melton at uh, 7, 18, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17. Bell Melton at 17. That's the name you need to look at. He's not going to get high draft capital. If he does, he goes up, but he's got the size. He's productive. He's got the speed. He's just someone that's kind of making the rounds underneath the surface level you want to pay attention to. Romeo Dubes, Nevada, Carson Strong. I don't know. I'm going to rake him. Makai Polk, Jakari Robertson, Jonathan Mingo, Devin Williams. Who gives a shit anymore? Those guys don't really fucking matter. The likelihood that they're going to be difference makers on our team is exceptionally low. Tight end one, Sir McBride, because you have to have Sir McBride tight end one. That's just, I, I don't understand an argument less. Greg, Greg Dulcich is my tight end two because athleticism matters in tight ends. And he is a fantastic receiving tight end. Jeremy Ruckert's my tight end three because I think he's underrated a little bit. It's tough to see. Jelani Woods, tight end four, because even though he only had one year of production, he's an athletic freak and you got to respect that. Charlie Kohler is getting disrespected. Honestly, I didn't really jump into him until Dallas told me about him to look closer, but this dude has an excellent profile, fourth-year senior, unfortunately, but he has a fantastic relative athletic score, everything that you wanted out of a tight end, Charlie Kohler meets, excluding being a tight or a early declare. Isaiah Likely is my tight end six because he ran a 4-4-8, so I don't give a shit about you. Cade Otten's my tight end nine because I UNT UW, so I'm going to rank you. To be honest with you, he's a really good blocker. He's a... Uh, a Will Disley mini-me. Not as good, but he's similar traits. James Mitchell, he's a project, but he has size. He had projected speed. He had decent production. He just is under the radar. He's one of those guys you can throw in your taxi squad for a little bit and see if he falls on a good opportunity. That's that, folks. That is the that is my entire rankings. Everything's going to change, so don't take this to church. But as always, I appreciate your time. It means valuable. It means a lot you spend it with me. Please let your loved ones know that you're thinking about them. Please take care of yourself and do something great for you. And on May 22nd, make sure you are going to be with us at the Devi Summit. 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It is a six-hour potathon. All things Devi. Values, trades, mock drafts, analytic, player values, startup strategies, anything you can think of, it is going to be covered there with the Devi dashboard people, with the Campus Canton folk, and the Rookie Big Board people. It is going to be chock full of very smart individuals, myself not included. <laughs> but as always, the best part of the May 22nd Debbie Summit is that all proceeds that go to Ukrainian refugees, and there's not a cause that I can think of that's worth more support than that right now. Go to Verding Global, buy some gear. I just got my hat. It's fantastic. It fits well, and it looks fucking awesome. Again, we're donating to Ukrainian refugees. I don't think I need to say on these parts. Go fucking donate. It's good. Be a good person. But I ramble. I digress. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you guys after the That's the podcast. Peace.